Blog Talk Radio. Life-changing events happen, 
which causes them to change their mind. And there's this shift sometimes. And then just plain old, you just don't agree. You know, maybe you have an ex who is really kind of toxic, makes really poor decisions for themselves, and you just can't imagine enforcing their rules or um, backing them up on what they're saying. Or maybe you have someone who's maybe like a narcissist who tries to be controlling or shame you or blame you for anything that goes wrong and takes no responsibility themselves. Or you may have someone who's dealing with a mental illness or a mental health issue that really doesn't have sound foundation for a lot of the rules or expectations they have. Or maybe you have a parent who is so caught up in their own issues or um, problems or even just trying to just focus on, like, their career themselves, that they're not following through and they're kind of being, like, this lenient, very loose parent. So I think co-parenting is really the ideal thing to do. But then as I was doing research about, you know, what co-parenting is, which I found a lot of articles on, and I do want to get into a couple of those, but then it kind of shifted me to parallel parenting. I don't know if anyone um, of you out there have heard about parallel parenting, but it is very interesting because I know people who are actually parallel parenting um, and I have experienced myself, so I feel like this is something that not is not very popular because, one, nobody's really talking about it, and, two, people didn't know there was a term for what they're doing. And also I think people from the outside kind of look into your situation and say, well, it's ridiculous that you're not talking. It's ridiculous that you're not, you know, you're not sharing, um, you know, the children's birthdays or you're not allowing the children to have holidays, you know, in one household or, you know, and everyone does things all different. You know, everyone has different dynamics. Some some blended families, they do get along well enough with the birth parents that they can be like, oh, yeah, let's invite her mother, my stepchild's mother over or let's invite my you know, stepson's uh, father over and just have, you know, a kumbaya, I guess, you know. But I don't mean that in a negative manner because I do feel like co-parenting is really the goal. You know, of course, you that's the ideal. You want to co-parent. You want to work together. You hope that your, your children don't have to try to figure out two households, two sets of rules, you know. But that's the nature of the beast, unfortunately, when families – natural families um, end up uh, breaking up or going their separate ways as far as the parents, the children are kind of forced to figure that out, how to adjust and how to um, navigate in one environment versus the other. So I don't think that is necessarily a negative thing. However, it is a thing. So um, so when I looked at the article that the ended up steering me towards um, parallel um, parenting. It was called Five Reasons Why Parallel Parenting is Better Than Co-Parenting by Tiffany Benyako. So this was on a Huffington Post, I believe, um, website, which, you know, I always uh, find uh, the articles on there to be pretty valuable. So I really appreciate that this information was out there. 
Um, if anyone out there feels like they co-parent well or are familiar with parallel parenting and have any input you want to share, feel free to message me or to um, message um, Positive Steps 10, go to our Facebook page, tweet us, or you may call in the number 646-716-8208. So when I was looking at that article, I agreed with the five reasons. I think they were very valid. It also took me, um, my research took me to another um, article on a website called, or blog post on a website called scarymommy.com. And that one said you can't co-parent with a toxic ex. Because I was really trying to figure out after I read the parallel parenting, um, the five reasons to do it versus the co-parenting, and it talked a little bit about having a toxic ex and not being able to get along with your ex or your child's father or your or your child's birth mom, and just how that um, difficult situation kind of leads to well, I'll just parallel um, parent. When I did that and I looked at this uh, can't co-parent with a toxic ex, I was really wanted to making the connection. I wanted to make the connection between, okay, it's the toxic ex. That's basically the reason why you're doing it. It's not because you're just trying to be passive aggressive and you just don't want to deal with the other person. It's for a valid reason. You know, this person may be making poor choices. They may be violent. They may be controlling. They may be emotionally abusive. They may be physically abusive. You should not have to subject yourself or your children to trying to um, manage that other person. It's not your responsibility to take care of another adult. That adult needs to basically take responsibility for their own actions. And what I learned in this article, they can't cooperate with a toxic ex, or I keep calling it an article, but it was more like a blog post. Um, the co-parenting is like having a mutual common ground and requires a shared effort and a shared intent. But it names different things that cause people not to have um, that kind of relationship with the other parent. It, you know, the narcissist. We brought that up earlier. Um, and that person usually does not share the same goal as you. They put the kids against you. Um, they blame you for any issue. They don't put the kids' interests um, above their own. So, you know, and, and then it goes on to name other ways of a toxic ex, of controlling the abuse of um, all the other things I just mentioned the intimidation, manipulation, and then it goes on to talk about the parenting, um, when you're par parallel parenting, and it named a few things that you sh could do when you're parallel pa parenting, such as understand your communication um, skills. How do you how do you communicate? So you're just focusing really on yourself. If, if you are frequently get anxiety when you have to deal with your ex, you know, that jumps off and kind of uh, that vibe ends up uh, really going and um, affecting your children. So you can't really say, you know, oh, you know, they don't notice. The kids notice. They can feel your nervousness. They can feel your anxiety. They can feel your frustration. So it's very important that you don't take that for granted. Um, if you're very reactive with this person, you just tend to react instantly to the things that they say, 
you are afraid of your ex, it may be a good idea to parallel parent. If you feel like you're always being manipulated, like things are always going in a negative direction, you may want to parallel parent because that just means that they probably are going in a negative direction. Um, And then also the next thing would be to establish new boundaries. So first you're kind of looking at how do I communicate with this other person, looking at yourself, then you're trying trying to figure out, okay, let me uh, create these new boundaries. So you're limiting your communication to only certain means, and usually it is um, in writing. So you always want to be um, putting things in writing. Um, it it, it kind of um, shied away from the use of text, but it said emails or there's an app called Talking Parents, and so you may want to look into that and see exactly what um, what you can use that for and how you can use it and how it helps you document um, what's being said. It's said to really just don't even, don't allow for your ex to be friending you or um, being on your social media. That kind of blurs the boundaries. So you want to make sure you keep your um, your personal life, you know, private. You don't want to be telling them, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get a new this or I'm doing that or I have this or I'm going this place, you know, try to keep it more like a business is what I read in some of the things that I was looking at. So that's what I like. Another thing that it said was to seek a court order if yours is a general one. And that just is so you can, there's no gray area or um, just that things are very clear and stated in that you there won't be any repercussions um, court-wise. So I do feel like this is such a formal phase to be seeking a court order. Um, but, you know, if you are in that position where you're afraid of your ex, you know, it may come to a point where you do need to seek, take that next step and seek out a formal um, legal way to protect yourself, a document basically backing you up. And, um, you know, that may be fighting for rights to be the sole decision maker. Um, Or you may need to even take it as far as, you know, the rights if you're the birth mom, um, you know, because many stepmoms also have children as well. If you have to, in your situation, parallel parent with the father of your children, you may need to look at, okay, let me see how I can, you know, parallel parent and how can I deal with things without causing friction on that end and putting the kids' needs first. And then you want to just model healthy boundaries. And you have to be careful because once you start trying to call yourself co-parenting and it doesn't doesn't go well and people are um, not people but your ex or the ex um, being the birth mom or birth to cause trouble, you don't want to be arguing in front of your kids, fighting in front of your kids, um, get trying to get back at, you know, the other person in front of your children. Your children are going to witness all of this, and that's even more detrimental than you not being together. So it's just really a good idea if you really make sure that you don't do um, any of the things 
that are really toxic. If that other person is toxic, you shouldn't be engaging in that behavior either. So parallel parenting takes that out of the equation because you're treating your communication with them as business. You know, as I said, you may have things in writing from the court or maybe something formal that just says, hey, we're putting the kids first, I'm making the decision, um, and then going on from there. Also, don't fall for engaging engaging in competition with your ex. So if they go out and buy the kids something huge or expensive or brag or something, you do not have to um, engage with that. You don't have to respond to it. You don't have to have a comeback to it. You don't have to top it. You don't have to um, do anything. You know, I think the main thing is do not engage because once you engage, then you start all that conflict, which a lot of times, was part of the reason why you're not with that person anyways. And, you know, same thing with being a stepmom. Once you start engaging with the birth mom and arguing back and forth, that just uh, negates to the argument that, you know, you don't like their child, you don't want to be a stepmom, you're not being a good stepmom and all this stuff, and it puts doubt in your spouse's mind, like there's just so many different things that can trickle down from that. Um, and you, the one thing you want to do is support your spouse. If your spouse is saying, hey, I don't like what their mother is doing, I'm going to do something different, support him instead of trying to engage with the, the birth mom and argue about it, you know, support him in that. And if you're in a position where you are the stepmom and you get along better with the birth mom, you know, you might be able to co-parent. Um, you might be able to co-parent in that manner, you know, within certain realms. You do have some rights with that if you're married, but you may just want to parallel parent and just be like, you know what, I respect her, you know, this is what she said, and I'm going to go on with that. And then, you know, just you're going to have times where that person is going to be against you and they're not going to agree with what you say and not going to agree with the court order and they're going to want to take you to court they're going to want to you know, basically uh, go after your character, go after your mindset and say you're a bad parent, a bad mother, a bad father. So expect that and be ready for that because that's usually what happens when it's coming from a toxic person that kind of knows the system. And there are many people out there who are not in their correct mindset, but they do know how to navigate the legal system or the social system where they can be like, oh, I'm going to report them to CPS or I'm going to call the police over there and do a welfare check or I'm going to um, put a PPO out and say that they did this to me or I'm going to file charges but that they stole this from me or I'm going to, you know, they just make up different things. But that's what toxic people do. That's what narcissists do. That's what people who are very negative do. And, you know, all of that, like I said, affects your kids because they feel that your anxiety, they feel your depression, they feel your frustration and anger, and then you're going to have behavior problems, then it's going to be more things. So it just, like, begets other things. One thing begets another. So this brings me to my main article, which I loved reading this article. I enjoyed it. It wasn't a lengthy article at all, but I do agree with the reasons. I think she was uh, spot on with it. So again, it was 
Tiffany Benyako, and she had on here kind of a personal recollection of why she decided to parallel parent. So um, she actually states that she stumbled on an article about parallel parent- parenting by Virginia Gilbert. So, and then explained the situation and explained um, this may be an alternative to co-parenting. So she said, number one, it allows minimal interaction. Again, if this person causes you anxiety, this person causes you to get upset, you, um, you know, if you say less, they say right, you know, just totally, just always an argument, um, you know, you're children will thank you when they don't see this negative exchange and negative interaction, you know, just to say that that you're co-parenting. Saying you're co-parenting and still arguing with each other in front of your kids or having this battle is not a positive thing. So parenting in a way that is parallel is more positive because you don't have to do all of that. However, you do alert your uh, child's other parent that, yes, they have a a concert coming up. They have a band concert or they're going to be presenting an award or this is their graduation um, for fifth or sixth grade or this is, you know, the date for um, something, you know, fabulous going on. So, you can share that information by either providing it through a text or an email, or you can have the school send the information home to that um, other parent's house directly just to eliminate all of that back and forth. You know, I remember in my own um, situation in the past, you know, years ago when um, as a stepmom, my husband and I were planning a birthday. We planned it. It was in conjunction with her mother. It seemed like things were going to go well. We were going to have chuck e. cheese. Everybody was invited, both sides of the family. It was going to be a big thing. All of a sudden, closer I got to the date, there was less and less communication about it. Actually, I believe something happened between you know, the birth parents said they weren't agreeing, and I'm like, hey, are we doing this or not? Next thing you know, no, she's going to throw her own party for her so we can do our own thing. And so luckily, you know, by being Chuck E. Cheese, and as far as I know, we didn't put any money into it. <laughs> you know, it didn't happen. We didn't lose money from it or anything like that. And, you know, ultimately, I'm sure she's got she got two parties, and it was many years where she had two birthday parties because we just couldn't co-parent. We could not agree enough. There was not enough peace between us all to be able to say we're going to go here and celebrate all together. So it would have been nice um, to know this term back in those days, that parallel um, parenting. Number two um, of the reasons to parallel parent is 
um, as I stated, communicating via email and via writing only. And when you do that, you want to only state the facts. You don't talk about your emotions. You don't say, I feel like this when you drop the child off or like that when I came to pick them up. Don't, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter how they feel. All, all that matters is the facts, you know. And, and with that, sometimes we have to prepare ourselves. Okay, you know that as a stepmom, you know that your, ch- your stepchildren are coming over. Maybe they're not coming over with enough clothes or they don't have proper um, under garments or something like that they're missing something when they come over we'll have those things you know in a tote or something that's there for them so if they don't come with the right thing you have it and before you take them back home you can keep it put it back in the tote wash it later whatever you know keep your things with you know that's parallel parenting i believe as well um as I said, I just stumbled across this term. I love the the idea of it being a term for it because I do feel like, like I said, I know people who are doing it and I've done it in the past as well um, and doing it currently. So I do feel like there comes a time you can't keep trying to chase after the co-parenting and make, you cannot control the other adult. That is just, you know, the bottom line, you can't control anyone but yourself in your own household. That brings us to number three. There's no interference. You don't have the the interference of the other the children being like, well, I'm going to tell, you know, my mom that you did this, and I'm going to tell my dad you did that, and you don't have to punish the kids for what happened at their mom's house, and their mom doesn't have to punish them for what happened at your house. So there's no different, there's no interference because there is different parenting styles, and you're respecting that. Okay, when they're in my care, this is going to happen. When they're in your care, that's fine because you cannot control that, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that, and you're okay with that. So I do think that that's pretty important. Number four, keep it a business. It's more like a business arrangement. Keep it business. So you don't have to tell each other what's going on in my life and I'm not asking what's going on in yours. You know, same thing with, um, you know, when you're a stepmother, you don't have to wonder, well, who she's dating now or anything like that. And I think a lot of stepmoms really don't. We just want to be able to, can I just participate and be a part of the decision-making process? Because sometimes we see things on the outside looking in that, you know, the birth parents don't see because they're so wrapped up in their emotions. So it is helpful to be a part of the parallel parenting as a stepmom um, or even a stepfather. I don't want to leave the stepfathers out there. I'm just letting you know we do focus on stepmom things because, um, that's just been our primary focus, but we always, you know, without saying it directly, imply stepfathers as well, just a side note. And number five, it reduces stress. As I said, if you're experiencing stress because you have to deal with your ex or you have to talk to them or you have to um, meet up with them to exchange the child and your children feel the stress, they feel your anxiety, they feel your depression, they feel your anger about something that's being said or done, you know, that has no benefit to the child whatsoever. So the best thing for you to do is to parallel parent. It's it's really the next best thing after co-parenting. As I said, you know, co-parenting is the goal. You want to be able to be like, hey, you did this at mom's house, so 
when you're over here, you get the same consequences you have over there. However, if if mom isn't really disciplining or mom is disciplining too harsh or being too loose, you don't agree with it, it's kind of hard to maintain it at your home when you're not sure exactly what's going on, exactly what the rules are, what the expectations are. A lot of times there's two sides to two stories, two sides to one story, sorry, and you're not quite sure, well, how did this situation even happen or what was going on? So it's important for you to understand that, um, you know, if you're, parallel parenting, you don't have to worry about that. It's not your responsibility anymore to say, well, let me figure out from your mom if I should be punishing her or not, or, you know, let me figure out from your dad if you're even allowed to take the car or if you're, you know, can play on the video game. So it really takes all of the guessing out of the equation. So I hope that you have learned more about parallel parenting and different reasons why to parallel parent. Um, As I said, I feel like this is an alternative to co-parenting. It's kind of like the next step. I do feel like co-parenting is the, you know, ultimate goal, and and some people are doing it and doing it well, and I really commend them, and I'm just, you know, hoping that more people can get um, you know, in that direction. But, you know, like I said, we can only focus on ourselves. We can only control ourselves and not always our situation. So as stepmoms, you know, let's always strive to be positive and let's always end on a positive note. So we're going to strive to be the the most positive stepmom that we can be one positive step at a time. Figure out that what that is for you. And meanwhile, have peace and joy and happiness in your blended family. We are the matriarch ladies. We are the people who can help hold our household together. So hopefully you check out our website, www.positivesteps10.com, and join us again for another segment of PS10 Radio. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Mm -hmm.